facts Christians are confident about. You know, if I were to ask you, what are some things you are confident about, absolutely sure about? Maybe you would say, well, my name. I'm confident about my name. Or maybe you would say, I am confident about my family heritage. I've researched it. I know my family heritage. Maybe you would say, I'm confident about my um, occupation. But, you know, things change in life. Maybe some of you remember the name John Newton. John Newton was born in 1725. He was the son of a shipmaster. His dad served in the Mediterranean. What's interesting about John, though, is two weeks before his seventh birthday, his mom passed away. What he was confident of, well, I've got parents. Well, he didn't really have parents. His dad was often away at sea. His stepmother, it wasn't like when he had his mom. John, um, at the age of 11, John began traveling with his dad and made six trips on a ship. And when his dad went to retire, John was supposed to go to the Mediterranean and begin working. Well, John went as a 15-year-old, and he was serving on a ship. And he didn't necessarily like the ship he was on, but he got off to celebrate with some friends. And when he got off, the Royal Navy, the British Navy, found him and pressed him into service, which is what they would do. And now all of a sudden his life has changed from being a merchant marine. Now he is in the Navy. He hated it. He wanted to desert. He wanted to kill the captain. And John was discovered that he was going to do that. And John received 96 lashes in front of all of his shipmates, and was demoted in rank to just a common seaman. John created more trouble for them so that when the captain went to um, Africa, they took John and his captain left him there with a slave trader. The slave trader took John and gave him to his wife, who treated him like a slave. And finally, John was rescued by a captain who came and had been sent by his dad to look for John. John's life was total turmoil. The things John thought he had mapped out were totally different for John. Things did not go for John the way he thought. So on his way back, with this English captain back to England, they encountered a storm. And while they were in the storm, John began to realize he needed God. And in our terminology today, we would say that was when he received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. We realize, he says in his biography, he began to read the Bible and other religious literature, and by the time he returned to Britain, he had accepted the doctrine of evangelical Christianity. 
The date was March 10th, 1748. He was 23 years old. His whole life had been in turmoil. It says from that point on, he avoided profanity, gambling, and drinking. Here's the thing I would like for you to, to think about as we're going to get into this text tonight. Newton is memorialized with his self-penned epitaph on his tomb. And this is what it reads. John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. You know, as John got older and his health began to fail and his memory began to fail, he would often get up in front to speak. Because, you see, once John came back, he stayed a slave trader for a while, and then finally he recognized that was wrong. He left slave trading, and he became a pastor. And John, as he got older, would get up to preach, and he would forget himself, and he would repeat himself. But John said, although my memory's fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great Savior. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. You know, as, as we think about what do you know for certain, John was confident he was saved. You know, tonight what we're going to look at is just very briefly from 1 John chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 11, 12, and 13. And sometimes Christians struggle with Am I really saved? Or maybe, and this is my goal this evening, you know, this may be really beneficial for you, but what my goal is, I hope to encourage you to be an encourager of other Christians. And they're going to be sometimes your friend maybe is struggling with, can I know for certain I'm saved? I'm doubting my salvation right now, and we're doubting it maybe for a number of reasons. I would like for you to focus on this text and to use this text to encourage other believers when they are struggling. So let's look at the text tonight. 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe, or really probably the easier way to say that is you may continue to believe on the name of the Son of God. What are you confident about? You can be confident about your salvation. And here's the thing I want you to know tonight, and be remembering so that you can encourage others, and that is God wants you to be confident about your salvation. God doesn't want you to be struggling with, am I saved or not saved? God doesn't want you to be doubting this. You know, in 1 John, now John's going to address some things we're confident about. Um, you know, it begins by saying, and this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. Last Sunday, we talked about some of the records that God gives us. What does God tell us? 
what are the facts that God wants us to know? Well, first of all, one of the facts that Christians can be confident about is Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is the promised one. And we talked about this. You know, he's not, he is human. He's not an angel. I mentioned to you there are some cults that will teach you that Jesus Christ in eternity past and in eternity future is really the angel Michael. And when he came to earth, he took on a body, a human form. But you see, there's really a problem with that because Genesis chapter 3 says that the Messiah who's going to come will be born of a woman. This person is human, but this person is also divine. He, he would be born of the seed of a woman. Women don't have seed, men do. You see, God was wanting us to know very clearly this person's going to be totally different. We saw that um, he's human, not angel. We also saw he is God in the flesh. We saw from Genesis chapter 12, God promised that this person would be born through Abraham. Through Abraham, all nations would be blessed. He would be Jewish and not Gentile. God told us he would be of the tribe of Judah, Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. God told us that he would be of the family of David, 2 Samuel chapter 7. God told us he would be born to a virgin. God told us he would be born in Bethlehem, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And all these different things, why was God doing that? And I've just listed a few of them because God wanted you to know for certain that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And therefore, he says, and this is the record that God hath given to us. He's been talking about that in verses 9 and 10. And now he says that God hath given to us eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So let's look at this. The record that God had given is God gives eternal life. Eternal life is a gift. It's not something that you earn. God hath given to us eternal life. That's going to be important as you're encouraging someone because, you know what, the thing that usually we beat ourselves up in is our failures. And we say, how can I fail and still be a Christian? Well, the answer is you didn't earn your salvation to begin with. And what happens is we begin to focus on our failures and we, we begin to not focus on our Savior. And so what does John say? John says, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. If you have the Son, what do you have? You have life. And if you do not have the Son, you do not have life. You see, the point of the text is not all the good things that you say that I've done. Just on Tuesday, I was talking to a man who is 92 years old. And I stopped by his room and was just telling him, hey, I'm going to do a Bible study if you would like to come. And he said, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't. And, and I said, well, I just want you to know you're welcome. And I went down the hallway and was visiting a number of people. And as I'm coming by, he said, hey. And I said, how are you? He says, can you come in here for a minute? He said, I don't want you to worry about me. He said, I appreciate it. I know what you're trying to do. And he said, I'm really excited for that. That's really good. He said, but you don't have to worry about me. Now, I wish he could have really told me how he knew I didn't need to worry about him. He, 
he wasn't really confident. You know, really, what I just, if I would have just walked in and he said, you know, I just want you to know something, I have the son. So I have life. John Newton, his life was such that he couldn't, he wasn't real proud of his life. In fact, he was embarrassed about his life. Not only was he, John's young years, he made up swear words. He made up horrible language. His, he tried everything he could to destroy Christianity. He sold people. He abused people. He was caught in so many sin traps. But you remember what he said as he got older? He said, my memory's not good, but I remember two things. I'm a great sinner. And Jesus Christ is a great Savior. You see, the confidence as we get together, the confidence we have is, if you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. When I'm talking with people, and people say, well, you know what, I got baptized. Well, I'm glad for you. That's good. I go to church all the time. That's really good. My grandfather was a pastor. That's great. What a great heritage you have. I have all these different things. That's wonderful. But what am I always listening for? I have the Son. If you have the Son, I know something about you. You have eternal life. You see, Jesus is eternal life. Remember John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I want you to think about that verse as we consider these verses. He that hath the Son hath life. Jesus said, I am the life. Not only does Jesus give you eternal life, Jesus is eternal life. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life because he is life. You know, Jesus made it very clear, you don't need to struggle with good works to get to the Father. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. So, it's not my good works that are going to get me to the Father. I don't need more information to learn to get to the Father. There is not more than Jesus Christ for eternal life because he is the life. Now, so often... Maybe some of you would immediately say, well, that just sounds like easy believism. You're just saying, well, if you've got Jesus, you've got life, but what about the person's life? How does he live? You know, the interesting thing is, Jesus is all we need. When, when you have Jesus, he comes in and he begins changing you. I was thinking of your testimony and just thinking, you know, you said, something changed in me. How, how great was that? You, you couldn't even really describe it at first. It was just something changed in me. And God began doing this work in you. That is such an exciting thing because it's not me. It's Christ in me. It's Christ living in me. 
And all of a sudden, you know, the scriptures as we were studying 1 John, what does he say? All of a sudden, you begin having a desire for the word of God. You say, I don't know what happened. I didn't used to enjoy the Bible, but now I'm really interested in the Bible. I didn't used to love to be at church. In fact, I used to try to figure out ways I didn't have to go to church. Surely there's a good reason why I don't have to go to church. And all of a sudden you say, I really miss being with other Christians. I miss it. You know, sometimes I have to be gone. But it's not now that I'm thinking, wow, I'm so glad I could come up with an excuse. Now it's really miss being with other believers. The whole point is, John is saying, let me put your mind at ease. There is something you can be very confident about. He said, in fact, I believe he says there's about five things here at the end of John that you can be confident about. One is, you can be confident that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And two, you can be confident that you have eternal life. Because you see, it's not in the things that you do. It's this life is in his son. God gives us this life through his Son. If you have the Son, you have life. Son equals life. No Son equals no life. And I hope you'll just take this, and as you're talking with someone, just ask questions. And when you know it's a believer who's really going through hard times and being beat up by Satan right now, Maybe they're struggling. They know they've done something wrong and they're convicted of it and they're just saying, I don't even know if I'm even saved. A dear lady in one of our churches just struggled so much with the assurance of her salvation. But you know, the problem was she was focusing on herself rather than on the great Savior. If you just admit, I'm an awful sinner. I get put out with myself. I'm not pleased with the things that I do. And I've got no excuse. I've been, I've been a believer for many years, and yet I still fail. Though I'm a great sinner, Jesus Christ is a great Savior. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know. John uses that over and over throughout the book. I want you to know this. I want you to be confident of this that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, I thought this was interesting. If we can accept a person's testimony about something, can't we accept God's testimony? God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God said, listen to him. All of a sudden you begin recognizing God was saying, Look, this is the one. You see, confidence that we have is in a person. Sometimes we struggle. You're going to say, well, did I accept him enough? Did I say the right words? Have I repented enough? And the answer is, if you have the Son, you have life. And when you get confident with that, now you're going to be free to allow him to do his work in your life. I hope that'll be a blessing to those that you're around this week. When people are struggling, just encourage them, focus on him. Focus on Jesus.
If we can just get people to Jesus, they'll be all right.